Hey everyone and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host Devin and this show is all about simplifying the complicated social security rules so you can use them to your advantage. Get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to David in Texas who wants to file a few years from now but is worried he may not get the big cost of living adjustment that's expected in 2022. Then we talk to Lorraine in Oregon, who wants to understand how survivor benefits are calculated if her husband files early. And there's a whole lot more coming up, too, so let's get it started. And let's go to Lorraine in Pennsylvania. Hey there. Hey, Devin. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? I've recently retired, and I'm trying to decide when to take my benefit. My husband thinks I should take it now, but I just turned 63, and my benefit would be roughly 75% of my PIA. Right. My concern is about future survivor benefits. My husband took his benefit at 62 at about 75% benefit, and we had good reasons at the time, including a minor child, but we didn't realize that it could affect me in the future. I've uh, watched your survivor benefit videos, and I want to make sure I understand correctly. If my husband passed away, I would be subject to the widow's limit and eligible for the higher of his current benefit or a maximum of 82% of his PIA. But if I took it now before FRA, am I correct that the amount will be further reduced by 75%? So like if his PIA was 2000 and he's currently getting 1500 I took mine now with that 1500 I mean, I wouldn't get 1500 correct? I would get 2000 times 82% times 75%, which is about 1237. You've got the 1500. So you're, you're going down the right road with the math here. So here's the way the survivor benefit works. Um, it's, it's always going to be calculated off of the deceased person's primary insurance amount or their full retirement age benefit, all right? But there is a limit when someone filed early, which says that the survivor can only collect up to 82.5% of their benefit amount, all right? So let's say that you file at uh, at 62 for a survivor benefit, then you're still going to get the deceased person's full retirement age benefit reduced for your early filing at 62. Now, where this widow's limit comes in and catches a lot of people by surprise is when they decide to wait until their full retirement age and file for a survivor benefit, and they find out that they're still only eligible for 82.5% of the deceased spouse's full retirement age benefit because that's a hard limit. When they file early, that's going to be the limiting amount, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you had it right at first when you said, you're limited to the amount they were actually receiving or 82.5% of their benefit amount, uh, whichever is higher. So if I took my benefit now at 75%, will that further reduce it? So if you file for your own benefit? Correct. Okay, let me get some numbers from you real quick then. Your husband filed uh, for early benefits. Now, is his benefit higher than what yours would be? Yes. All right, so then if, if you file for your own benefit, and then later he passes away, then your benefit would step up to either whatever his benefit was or 82.5% of his full retirement age benefit. Even if I took it early? 
So it well, if you filed for a survivor benefit early, that would be reduced. But it a survivor benefit in okay. the future is not reduced by you filing for your own benefit today. Those are two oh, okay. separate independent benefits. All right. Now, if if he's already deceased, then yes, it's absolutely going to reduce it. But if you are both still alive and you file for your own retirement benefit and then he passes away and let's say that you're you're 68 when he passes away, they're not going to come back and reduce your survivor's benefit because you filed for your own benefit at 62. Okay. All right. That's what I was concerned about. Perfect. Well, very good. Okay. Thank you very much. Lorraine, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And now we'll go to Amber in Oregon. Hey, Amber. Hi, good morning. Good to speak with you. You as well. How can I help you? Well, um, I have a lot of variables, and I'm not sure uh, the best way to manage them all. Um, My husband, for all intents and purposes, however, not legally, um, he passed away recently on the 27th of August. Goodness. And we have a three-year-old daughter together. Um, He was eligible to draw on Social Security. He was 64 and didn't, he wanted to wait until his full benefit, which I believe was 66 and a half. So um, as I understand it, our daughter is entitled to his benefit, but as she's, um, you know, a minor, I would like be the custodian of the trust account, I believe. And I'm not sure are there different ways to set up the trust? Um, is there only one way to do it or could I have multiple accounts like a brokerage account for a portion of the benefit and then a high yield savings account for the other portion or something like that? Um, so I, gotcha. I believe I saved my question. Um, shoot. Okay, Amber, let me, let me see if I can separate some of this here. I think we may have a couple of issues going on here and let's tackle Social Security first. Um, if you guys have a three-year-old child together, that child should be eligible for children's benefits. So you need to get in touch with the Social Security Administration and find out how to get a child's benefit. Now, additionally, Amber, how old are you currently? Uh, 40. Okay. Do you currently work? I do work. I am on a layoff right now. Okay. You, you also, if you're on a layoff right now, Um, You know, if you think you're going to go back to work, this probably isn't going to be a good solution here. But when you talk to the Social Security Administration, you need to find out about child in care benefits. So there is also a payment. Child in care benefits? Yes, ma'am. Child in care benefits. Because there's a a payment that's payable to both the child as a child's benefit. And there's also a payment that's payable to the parent as a child in care benefit. And you can collect that payment until the child is 16. And the child will be able to collect their benefit until they are 18 or 19 if still in high school. Okay. So I think your first step is going to be to get in touch with the Social Security Administration. And because you guys have a child together, um, you're not going to have to worry too much about the marriage criteria and whether or not it was legal and uh, you, you have a child together. So that's going to do away with some of those. And if you run into any trouble, and you may, The technician may say, well, you weren't legally married, so we can't do this or that. But there are some exceptions, and those exceptions, uh, having a child together certainly meets that uh, qualification. So I would recommend that you get in touch with the Social Security Administration pretty quick, and you find out how to start getting that done. Okay. Thank you for um, 
the terminology and understanding. I didn't know that the parents would be entitled as well. That's interesting. Yeah. And now here's the thing though. If you have earnings, you're going to lose the ability to collect that um, child and care benefit. If those earnings exceed a certain limit. Oh, what limit would that be? For 2021, once you cross over $18,960, they will withhold 50 cents in every dollar over that limit. Um, And you were right at first when you said, I've got several variables here, and you do. Uh, So I would would absolutely get started by talking to the Social Security Administration. And then if you need help, I want you to circle back to us. If you go to socialsecurityintelligence.com, that's my blog. Up at the top right-hand side, there's a section there that says um, complimentary consultation or something like that. And it may it may work for you to get a plan. Now, I'm not sure if that's what you're going to need or not. But worst case, one of the registered Social Security analysts can help walk you through some of the missing pieces. Because there, there are some variables here that are a little bit more unique than just a retired individual going in and filing for their benefit. Right, right. So, okay. I have already earned more than 18000 for 2021, so... Well, that doesn't necessarily um, mean if, if, you're, um, if, you're, if you're not working right now, you may become subject to a monthly limit. There is a special grace year available um, that's, you know, most of the time that's people that have retired and they've already exceeded the earnings limit. Uh, but there are some other types of grace years as well. And and this may or may not qualify for one of those. But I would get started in talking to the Social Security Administration. And here's the thing. If you don't get a person that knows this inside and out, you can always call back. There are so many technicians at these service centers that, um, you know, that are answering the phones at the teleservice centers that there's no way you're going to get the same person twice. And so, you need to call back and talk to someone until you find someone who, who knows this stuff, and you'll be able to get the help you need. Okay, okay, um, that's very uh, helpful. Thank you for that insight. Um, you are and welcome. you said your blog is Social so, Security Intelligence. That's it. Social Security Intelligence dot com. Okay, great. I just want to make sure I had that right. Thank you. That's it. Okay, Amber, have a great day. I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And let's go to Brian in Connecticut. Hey, Brian. Hey, ben. Thanks, thanks, for, um, thanks for taking my call, and I've been enjoying your videos and learning a from them, so I appreciate that. Good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just got a specific question. I'm just trying to maximize, um, you know, my Social Security returns. They, you know, I'm the I'm the earn the most. My my spouse four years younger. Uh, um, you know, we're the strategy for retiring and when to start collecting Social Security. My understanding is if 
if I, I need to wait till at least my full retirement age for for her to and 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 start collecting for her to get um, spousal benefits at one half, and she can do that um, and you know get that. But then when she hits uh, full retirement age or seventy, she can switch over to hers at a higher rate. Is is that correct? Well, let me unpack some of this. Um, we we may have some things right, and there may be some things wrong in there as well, Brian. So. You're saying that you want to wait until you are full retirement age to file for your benefit? Uh, yes, and and the reason why would be just because um, my uh, I have to be collecting for her to get spousal at one half. Is that correct? That is that is correct. And uh, and and if I retire early, like at sixty-two, then one half of that is less than my full retirement. Age. That's you know that's is that correct? Also, okay. So the amount of spousal benefit available to your wife is not going to change based on your filing age. Okay, so if you filed oh. at sixty-two, she's not going to only be eligible for up to one half of that benefit. As long as she waits till her full retirement age, she's still going to be eligible for one half of your full retirement age benefit amount adjusted for cost of living. Okay, even even though I started collecting mine at sixty two. That's right. Because you collecting does not it, it it does not now the only thing that it is going to change is the amount of survivor benefits available to her, right? Uh, now spousal benefits, she's still eligible for up to half. But in a survivor benefit, if you file at 62, you are going to forever reduce the amount of survivor benefits that she can receive should you die before her. So that is certainly one thing to think about. So I don't want to I don't want to act as if it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change her spousal benefit if she waits to a full retirement age. Now, does she have a benefit of her own, Brian? That's right. Yes, she does. And it's more than half of mine. Oh, it's more than half of yours. Okay. So So I don't think the spousal benefit is going to be an issue at all. When was she born? What year? Um, It's 67. I was 63. Okay. So then when she files for her benefit, the Social Security Administration is going to apply the deeming provision which simply means that they are deeming her to file for all benefits that she's eligible for. So whether she files at 62, 66, doesn't matter. She's going to collect her benefit. And if her benefit is less than one half of your full retirement age benefit, she'll also be eligible for a spousal payment on top of her benefit. But it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Oh, so I, okay. So maybe I, I, I was mistaken. I thought, I thought possibly she could just be collecting the spousal benefits um, half of mine which is still less than less than what hers would have been. Then she could switch over to hers when she hits full retirement or 70. Unfortunately it not. Like that, huh? It doesn't anymore. It used to, oh. but they changed the law in 2015. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. and so you can't do that anymore, unfortunately. That was the old restricting the scope of the application to one class of benefits that would allow you to file for that one class of benefits and then later switch to another. The only people that can do that now are those with survivor benefits but uh, not for spousal benefits anymore. Okay. All right. Something to think about. Um, well, thanks. I'll, I'll, when I get you know, a little closer, I get to decide, you know, what, when to, whatever. Perfect. When to start collecting in my life. But uh, I, pre- I appreciate the info. You are welcome, Brian. Take care, sir. And now let's go to Shaz in Sean. Virginia. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually at my mom in Germany right now, but thank you for taking my call. I've been following you for quite a while. Oh, fantastic. You're in Germany. Well, that's good. I yeah, don't know that we've ever had a call. My mom. Don't know that we've ever had a call <laughs> from Germany. So, hey, Shaz, you're, you're, you're setting up a first for us here. Well, there you go. So this is my scenario. Um, I'm 52 years old. My husband is 11 years older. He's 63. I'm the higher earner. He's the lower earner. He plans to stop working next year at age 64. Here is my question. 
Um, I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Um, sh- should he could should we apply for my husband um, next year um, for his Social Security, given that the trust fund will soon be running out? And also, just wondering if it's a good idea. Um, will we be taxed on that? Probably we will. I'm in the, about the 22% bracket. Okay, uh, so let's a- let's answer the taxation question first. Uh, Social Security benefits are taxed based on your other income. So if you have enough other income, it pushes your Social Security income into taxation. Uh, So if you're in the 22% tax bracket, I think it's easy enough to say that if he files for benefits, he is going to have to pay some tax on those. No question. Now, let me answer the second question. Let's answer the question about the Social Security Trust Fund. I do not think that it's a good idea to file uh, based on the potential demise of the trust fund. I I just don't. Uh, We're we're talking about an across-the-board cut to benefits here. So, you know, whether you file at 62, 66, or 70, everyone's going to take a 25% across-the-board cut if nothing is done. But let me underscore that for a second, that whole if nothing is done. I fully believe that something is going to be done. We just don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I don't think that he would be affected by whatever is done. So I don't think he's going to have any issues. The Social Security Administration has a long history of phasing in changes. So let's say they come in and they say, okay, we've got to change Social Security because we're looking at the potential insolvency of the trust fund. And so they make these changes. They're not going to make those changes, I don't think, to current beneficiaries. They're going to make those to people who are probably your age and lower. So I'll certainly feel the effect of that. You may feel the effect of that. Uh, But they do that because it gives us more time to plan for it. And it uh, doesn't alienate a huge swath of voters all at one time if they make those changes. Yeah, I understand that. It's political suicide. I mean, I'm in Germany and I have seen the changes that have occurred here. So that was a really, um, that was extremely helpful. I guess my, I guess the, um, the biggest question is I will continue working. So, and I, and I make, and I can cover our expenses. Does it even make sense for us to, uh, to file early? Well, it, it depends. Do you have any children at home? No, we don't. We don't. Okay. You know, there, there's there's so many factors that come into a filing decision, especially when you have an age difference like this. There's there's a number of factors. And, and it's really hard in just a simple phone call like this to say, yes, this is what you need to do, because we, we really have to start looking, backing up and looking at the big picture, you know, at, at what's the relative importance of Social Security? Is this going to be a meaningful part of your retirement income stream? Um and if it if it is and probably meaning, not and meaningful is different for different people, then you know you need to broaden out and look at your other assets um you know before you make that decision so for example uh she asked if 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 we could wait when he files, depending on when you retire, it may be possible to keep more of your social security benefit because you wouldn't have to pay the taxes now his benefit you said is going to be uh, less than one half of your benefit, right yes. Okay. So, and he's, he's about to turn, he's 63 now. He'll turn 64. Next year in July. And okay. yeah, he will be done. We're, we're going to okay. take him off the books. Gotcha. And, and how long do you plan to work? Um, I don't know. Maybe 62. Okay. 62 is early, you know, maybe, maybe 67. I mean, I know 67 is my age, but I would like to have it maybe be more optional when I start being, when I'm 62. 
you know, maybe do part time. Gotcha. I'm not sure. It depends on it just depends on how we're doing, you know, with our 401ks and all of that. Sure. OK. One thing you have to keep in mind is that his benefit will continue to grow all the way up until his age 70. His benefit from mm-hmm. his work. The amount that comes from a spousal payment will not grow beyond his full retirement age. So that's, you know, that's okay. another factor that you have to consider. So you have to look at what what amount of his benefit is going to come from his own work and what amount is going to come from a spousal payment. Because that portion stops growing. The other portion continues to grow. And so to say that you should delay, especially past full retirement age, without knowing what's the impact going to be, it, it's very difficult. Okay. And that's where you come in with your potential service. So you could, you guys could figure that out for me. We could. Yep. So we do offer that basic social security filing plan, or we have the, the big picture plan. Either one of those is going to help you to work through the options and figure out exactly what those options are, first of all, and then um, work through those. Okay. That's, that was really helpful. I mean, I ultimately, I would like to see, you know, is it worth getting advice around this? I thought it was very straightforward, but our scenario, but it doesn't look like you don't think it's very straightforward. You would have to look at some other numbers to make a, a better decision or give me a more option. You know, the other day, well, no, it's not straightforward. There, there are a lot of factors. Uh, and I do tell people this is rarely a do-it-yourself project. You know, uh, filing for Social Security, there's just so many different variables out there. I was online the other day and I came across a video of a dentist in the Ukraine or somewhere showing how to remove your own wisdom teeth, which was, <laughs> which was insane. I mean, he was bleeding everywhere and he was making it look easy, you know, cause this guy's a, he, he is a doctor of dental surgery and, uh, but, but it was still very messy with him doing it to himself. And, uh, and, and then I went over to Amazon and you can actually buy the tools necessary to extract your own teeth on Amazon. Now, none of that. Having the instructional video or being able to buy the tools on Amazon, none of that makes it a good idea to, to attempt to extract your own teeth at all. And really, Social Security is just like that. There are so many moving parts that you have to consider a lot of things before you do it. Okay. Very all good. Right. Um, well, enjoy well, um, your time you in Germany. Much. I will. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. Thank you, Devin, for taking my call, and I will be in touch with you and Alex. Very good. Thank you. And up next, we have Claudia in Florida. Hey, Claudia. Hi, Devin. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. Um, uh, I appreciate all this information that you're giving us. Yes, ma'am. Um, my question is about an ex-spouse. Uh, my husband, or uh, ex-husband, we're still very good friends, is uh, 10 years older than I, but he was never the, the money earner. Uh, that was myself. Um, so he was born in 51 and I'm born in 61. He re- he took his retirement at his earliest age. And so he, he's collecting very little, maybe 550 a month. Um, and so my question to you is, how will his um, his spousal benefit be affected by my retirement age and his death benefit? Um, so if I, I, I would like to retire, I can I can early. I, I don't need the money. Um and I can keep working intermittently and make quite a bit of money with just a month's work. So I don't need to file. Um, but I, I have to file for him to get spousal benefits. I believe that's correct. Yes. Or ex-spouse benefits since we were married for quite a number of years. Well, um, how, how are those things affected? Okay. Uh, so a couple of things. You guys are divorced now, correct? Yes. 
All right. And how long has that divorce been final? Um, right now, two years. Two years. Okay. And how old are you, Claudia? I'm 60 and you're 70. Okay. All right. So there's 10 years difference between us. I'm the younger, but the, the, the money earner. Okay. The way the social security rules are written are written to protect, uh, it, it, the way they're written around divorced spousal benefits uh, are written to protect the lower income earner. So let's say, for example, if if you guys weren't friends and you still hated each other for whatever reason, <laughs> and 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 you were under the rule that said, or the the rules applied that said that you had to file before he could get his spousal benefit. Then what if you just said, "Well, I'm not filing." And then he would be forever stuck with right. a low benefit. And so they they changed the rule for divorced spouses that says that as long as the higher earner is at least minimum age of eligibility, so that means 62, and the divorce has been final for two years, then the lower earning spouse can get a spousal benefit without you having to file. Okay. And and how does his early retirement affect his, his benefit amount? He so, filed at his earliest age. There are, there are two components to the low earner's benefit, typically. There is the benefit that comes from their own work record, and then there is the spousal payment. So let's say, for example, that, that he's full retirement age and he's just now filing. And let's say that your benefit is $3,000. Well, that tells us that his benefit should be about $1,500 as a spousal benefit, right? That's just what we always think of, mm-hmm. 50%. But from his own work, he has a $1,000 benefit. That means that he's going to collect that $1,000 benefit plus a $500 spousal payment for a collective amount of $1,500. Now, here's why that matters. If he filed early, that component that comes from his own benefit is going to be reduced, but not the amount that comes from that spousal payment. So if that $1,000 is reduced down to, say, $700, then if he files at his full retirement age, which is he's already more than full retirement age, uh, he's going to be able to get the full spousal payment. So he would get the 700 plus the 500 for a payment of 1200. So as soon as he becomes eligible for spousal benefits, he's going to be able to collect mm-hmm. the full benefit amount that comes from the spousal payment. And here's how to know the, the easy formula to know how much is going to come from that spousal payment. If he takes one half of your full retirement age benefit, subtracts his full retirement yeah. age benefit, the amount that's remaining is the spousal payment. All right. Very good. So that his component is the one that's reduced that's because right. of his early retirement. That's right. Okay. And not mine. Uh, that's calculated on the full retirement age. It whether is. or not I, whenever it is, I file. Because that's right. I can withhold that filing as punishment. <laughs> that's right. What confuses some people though, Claudia, okay. is that mm-hmm. a spousal payment isn't actually always one half of your benefit. It's the amount that it requires to get his benefit up to one half. It's only that that portion. And that's the part that'll be reduced okay. or increased. So it's two pieces there. Okay. All very right. Good. I guess that's very clear. I'll be I'll be able to pass that on, on to him now. All right. Well, thank good. you very much, Devin. And thank you for all the work you're doing for us. You Very are welcome, Claudia. Thank you for calling. And let's go to Bruce in Georgia. Hey, Bruce. Hi, how you doing? Fantastic. I really like your newsletter and video. Well, thank you. And thank I you have, for calling. I have kind of, I don't know, I think it might be a dumb question, but I turned 66 in the first week of December of this year, and I know my full retirement age is 66 years and two months, which would be February of next year. Well, I'm just wondering when do I, when can I actually file? Do I have to wait to February? 
or can I file in like December or January? Well, it depends on when you want your benefit to start, Bruce. Okay. Well, I want them to start at my full retirement age. Okay. Perfect. I would go in in December and on the application, they'll ask you, when do you want your benefit to start? And you tell them, I don't want my benefit to start until full retirement age. And so for you, if that's February, that means your benefit will start then and you'll get your first check in March. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, see, that was that's the easiest call of the day. Yeah, I was just curious about it, and I knew it was probably a dumb question, but no, that's not dumb at all. Good answer. That that that's not at all. Fantastic. Well, thank you for calling, Bruce. Thank you very much, and I enjoy your show. And up next, we have Al in Michigan. Hey, Al. Hey, Devin. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate all your videos, and you're doing a great service. Been following you for a long time. Well, thank you. Uh, I have a hopefully easy question for you. I'm uh, full retirement at 66. I'm 67 now, so I delayed my uh, Social Security. But I'm thinking about taking it next year, which is 2022, and my birthday's in July. So I went over to the Social Security website and tried to figure out, okay, what my amount would be approximately. And what I noticed was the same amount in July of next year is the same amount as in January of next year. So should I uh, take my benefits starting in January or should I wait to July when I'm 68? Well, that's going to be completely up to you. And let me tell you, you will get credit for those for those months where you were not collecting a benefit, but you're not going to get credits right away. The way that those work is that every month you delay between now and 70, you get the delayed retirement credit of two-thirds of 1% per month. And I believe that comes out to 0.67% per month. But they do not add those until January of the following year after you earn those. All right, so that's why that benefit amount is showing to be the same in January as it is July. But come January of the following year, they would adjust your benefit to reflect those six months or seven months, depending on when you filed and your benefit became effective, where they gave that extra 0.666% per month. So you would see that increase. It would just be the following January. Okay, so it's really not much of a difference except just the six months whether I wanted to do it in January or do it in July. It's about 4%. According to what you're saying. Yep. It, it, yeah. Yep. Be about 4 to 4 so or 5%. So the bottom line is I'll eventually get my money. It's just that I have to wait a year. You will. You will. Yep. And the only way to get a delayed retirement credit at the time you file um, is to either wait until, you know, if, if you're filing consecutive in December or if you're filing at your full retirement age. And at that point, even if that does happen in mid-year, you're still going to get your delayed retirement credits if you're said I said full retirement age. I meant 70. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm 67. My full retirement age was 66, and I delayed it for a couple of years. And my reasoning for that was because I have read a lot where they may uh, have to touch Social Security in 2034. Who sa- who knows? But uh, most likely they will. That way, I'd be ahead of the game a little bit by uh, getting almost eight percent a year. So I still that's that's my reasoning for delaying it because um, as far as 401k and uh, uh, financial wise, I'm I'm set pretty good. So, um, but I just figure I just go ahead and take it because when I sit down and do the numbers, it's not that much difference between age 68 and age 70. Yeah. Well, you know, Al, I applaud you. I've had a lot of people say they were filing early, 
because they thought Social Security was going to be cut. I don't know that I've had anyone yet say, I'm filing later because Social Security may be cut. Um, but, you know, you, you've decided to delay. I, I'm not going to get into the uh, whether I think that's a good idea or not based on the trust fund and the potential insolvency there. But, you know, delaying, if possible, is, uh, is typically a good thing you know, as, as long as you don't have some other factors there. So, but I, I wouldn't let the insolvency of the trust fund make you file earlier than you wanted for sure. So anyway, well, good. Right. Well, I'm glad you've decided to, uh, to push that out a little bit and you can afford to do that because once you get those, you know, 8% per year increases to that retirement income stream, that's going to be guaranteed. It's not such a bad thing. No, it's not. Uh, once again, thank you for taking my call and thank you for the work you're doing. I really um, appreciate what you're doing. Okay, Al. Thank you, sir. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner and I'm certainly not the tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.